I want to release the word that I believe the Lord gave. And normally, I release the word and I'll minister on something else. Um, people say, well, why, why would God release a word? Well, let me show you why God would release a word. He says, I will stand my watch, Habakkuk 2, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. This is the prophet Habakkuk. Many times we don't ask him. We just allow things to happen. I will watch and I will see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Interesting, huh? Amen? Amen. Amen. So today, there's a lot of scripture I want you to get through, get through with you today. But let me give you the word. The increase of God's goodness. And I want to bring immediately, did you get it? The increase of God's goodness. And immediately, I want you to be careful that you do not go to material things. Because that's where we go. They are part of the promise of God, but that's not what we're speaking about. Amen? Amen. The increase of God's goodness. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 6, verse 7 and 8. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in my heart, put your word there, my heart, our heart, who has shone in our heart, my heart, to give the light of the knowledge of God to give the light, that word light is illumination of the knowledge of God in of, sorry, of the knowledge of God, of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Then verse 7, and we have this treasure, the Bible says, depending on the translation, but we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Got it? Meditate on it. It's extremely important. Many times we try so hard. We want to please God and there's nothing wrong with that. But you please God by faith, not hard work. Are you with me? Don't try and work things and God's not in it. So the increase of God's goodness for 2023. The world has become a very darkened place. Anybody? But Jesus makes a comment. I need to go back up there because there's a scripture I want you to read. 
with me. But Jesus makes a comment about the darkened world we live in today. And in Christ, there's no drawing back. Psalm, uh, Matthew 24, 24 verse 35 to, I want to go to verse 39. In the context of the world being a darkened place, Jesus makes these, says these words. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. Look at this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will, by this translation, but my words will by no means pass away. So the word God gives us this morning is the increase of God's goodness, which I'm going to elaborate on, expound on. Then he says, verse 36, because these are the days we are living in. But of that day and hour, speaking of Jesus' coming, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but the Father only. The same God who knows he's sending Jesus back sends word of hope into people's heart to keep them for this time. Verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. I want to bring it into context that although we are in the end time, God still speaks word of life to those who will believe him. God still speaks future to those who will believe him. If he stopped speaking and said, well, just sort of hang in there till Jesus comes, we would just have to literally tear up the Bible because every promise would be null and void. It would be pointless serving him because we don't know if he's going to come. Maybe he doesn't come. Well, of course, that's impossible. That's never going to happen. His word is yea and amen, and that's why he begins, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, but my word will by no means pass away. If you go over to the book of Revelation, you may recall that there's a new heaven and earth coming anyway. So he's already, he says this is contaminated. He'll come and into contamination where he is, the devil doesn't sit, period, okay? So society by and large has abandoned walking in the gospel of light. And there's even a group of fellow believers who acknowledge God but deny his power. So in this darkened environment, 
We see 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7 come through. So it doesn't matter how dark it gets. The increase of God's goodness when you walk by faith, when you walk in the light as he is in the light, it expels darkness from your life. It doesn't matter. Let's go back. Whether it's the weather, whether it's your health, whether it's your anxious mind, it doesn't matter. Just want to correct the church here quickly. Bring instruction. Because last week I asked for those in anxiety. Somebody said afterwards he didn't call. I did call. I read it. Anyway, moving on. You see, you must have an ear to hear. Don't delay, don't delay. So, in this environment, I want you to see something this morning. You carry a treasure. So I don't know how bleak your future looks to you right now, but one thing I know, according to God's word, you have a treasure in your heart. You have a treasure in your life. God does not lie. Sometimes treasures have to be found. Right? Sometimes treasures are hidden. And in the kingdom of God, hear my heart, they are hidden for the right season for us, the treasure. But there is a treasure right now in your heart. What is the treasure? The treasure is the knowledge of God. The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. And that's what I want to lift out today. So light illuminates. If we're stuck in unbelief, we're in darkness. If we're in truth, we're in light. It's this simple. It is this simple. So let me ask you, or let me tell you. I'm going to ask you and tell you. That's speaking of having a knowledge. Now I'll unpack this a bit. That is secret to all but a few. And you are the few. There are 8 billion people in the earth. What percentage do you think is sitting here? See, because we think so naturally and don't have the spiritual perception, when the Lord says few, he doesn't mean five. There are billions of people in hell and in heaven. God didn't build this earth and then wonder if there'll be enough resources. If you can't see the devil at work in the environment, then I don't know what you'll see. Are you with me? There's no shortage in the earth. Man created a shortage. 
but the earth and its fullness is the bread of the children of God. But like the Israelites, many times the church doesn't go and petition him. They do what, they, what the Israelites did. They say, no, Moses, you go and talk to God. We'll wait to hear what he will say. But we need to see this in Mark 4. Let's go to Mark 4. In Mark 4, verse 22 to 23, in the context of what I'm speaking, if you need answers about God, who God is, how does he think, he'll tell you. He'll tell you. Watch this. For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor anything kept secret, but that it should come to light. Did we not start with light? So why doesn't he tell me? Do you believe him to tell? And if he tells, what will you do with it? He doesn't waste revelation. See, when Jesus was in the earth and he fed the 5,000, he told them to go and pick up the crumbs and put it in a basket. Why? Because there was lack? No, he went on to feed another 4,000. There was no lack. It was a stewardship. What did they do with the baskets? Let's go to heaven. We'll find out. It doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say. But we know it happened. So I want you to see this. There's nothing hidden. Can you believe that? There were two things when COVID hit that the Lord said to me. Build your faith in your health and your wealth. Because that's where it's going. And that's where it went but it hadn't manifested yet. Do you think he didn't know? How do you live? How do we live? Do we live thinking God may know, but doesn't want to tell us? Then that would contradict his word, which says, if, let's go there, I'll give you the word rather, because then you can see it for yourself. John 8, I mean, yeah, is it John 8? Yeah, John 8. Let's go there quick. Have we got it up there? John 8, verse 31 and 32. This is bread. This is your bread. This is your bread. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, You are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what I want to say to you is, when that thing hit, I took it to the Lord, not Fauci, not Donald Trump. I go to God. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
I'm not going to walk in the council. Well, I think Trump's saved. Well, he may be saved, but he's not renewed. Yeah. In God. Why? Because I listen to his words. Are you with me? I don't disrespect the officers. But I'm going to stay with God's mandate. There is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Let's go back to Mark 4. And then he makes a profound statement. And he says, if anyone, who's an anyone? Anyone. Anyone. If anyone has ears to hear, decision. Make a decision who you're going to hear. What God's saying, the media's saying, your boss is saying, the government is saying, and whoever else is saying. Have an ear to hear. Have an ear to hear. See, when the word is real, then you'll have an ear to hear to you. God doesn't want us to live in religion. He wants us to live in the freedom of our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an indictment on the cross if we live in defeat. Now, God doesn't condemn us. But you've got to know a good deal when you see one. Surely. Surely. So he says, if anyone is is to hear, let him hear. I'm going to drop in verse 24 and 25. Then he says, take heed. Be responsible. Execute what you hear. By Christ's stripes, I'm healed. Execute on it. Execute the sickness by the word. Are you with me? Come on. Look at this. Then he said, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you used, not Charlie Brown, not your neighbor, not your, I would be able to believe if it wasn't for this wife of mine. I would be able to believe if my husband was just more spiritual. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, then he said to them, take heed what you hear with the same measure that you use. Nobody else. That you use. How do you use the measure God is? If God says, I want to prosper you, and you go, amen, Lord, and sit in your rocker. Not off your rocker, in the rocker. That's a chair. And you just rock, rock, rock me, baby, rock me. Nothing's going to happen. Are you with me? I'm waiting for God. Well, he's waiting for you to begin to frame your world by what you heard. Got it? Come on. 
that measure that he gave you and you hear and you use, you must live here. See, it's all underlined. I go here regularly. Why? Because vision is always growing. So I need to be listening what he's saying for 2023, 2024, 2025. I need to be listening all the time. Because you see, he walks in the cool of the day with his people. He wants to dialogue. We just don't let him. Amen. We hang around unbelief, doubt, and not hearing. For whatever had, for whatever, for whoever has, excuse me, to him more will be given. Okay. Let me stop there for a second and look at this. The increase of God's goodness. How are you going to measure it? Well, praise the Lord. I don't think that'll work for me this year. I got too many problems. You've measured it. It won't work. It's as simple as that. Look, he goes on. For whoever has, to him more will be given. If I take the word and I begin to meditate on it, which I've done, more will be given. What more what? Revelation, understanding, wisdom on how to apply what he has said. But whoever does not have, so you must be careful. If you don't use it after today, you will lose it. And then the Bible says he will take yours and give it to me. And I'm going to prosper even more. I'm serious. This is how it works. This is how the kingdom works. You see? So the potential for us to have an understanding is already in our heart. When we got saved, God didn't shortchange us. But the thing that he needs for us to do is to allow the outworking in faith. That's how it works. So the moment you think you've heard too much about faith, you must well die and go to heaven. Because that's how we live in this dispensation, by faith. You can live by mercy, but you'll be on barely get along street. Did you hear what I said? If you live by the mercies of God, and they are real, and they exist. But that's why he gave us faith. When the Israelites started to complain, they moved out of faith into God's mercy. And there was a time where he became so frustrated with them, he wanted to wipe the entire lot out and build a new nation. Now, he's not going to do that to Inside Church. Amen, because you're all very spiritual people. Let's go to some scripture, because I want to put this in. Then after this, I'll just about close. Um, Romans 2, verse 4. I want you to see the increase of God's goodness. The primary foundation scripture is 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7. But then I want to back it up with more scripture. And that'll be Romans 2, verse 4. How, does, how is the truth established by two or three witnesses? What happened to Romans? They disappeared. My goodness. 
Romans 2, verse 4. And this is what the Bible says. Speaking of God's righteous judgment, you do understand that the earth is under judgment. You do understand that, right? If you are outside, if you are outside salvation, the earth is under judgment. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? He's asking, Paul is asking the believers in Rome, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? Well, God never does anything for me. That's despising. And there's a reason we do it, which I hope to get to. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So in the days in which we live, repentance has not been done away with. It's an integral part of living by faith. Every time I blow it and know I've blown it, repent. But what God's trying to show us is, <clears throat> and I will unpack it, but His goodness causes us to repent. If you don't experience His goodness, you're not going to repent. The Bible says that. Are you with me? And I'm not talking about repenting from I didn't believe in Jesus. I'm talking about repenting for disobedience. Amen. Amen. Let's go to another one. Romans 11, 22. Romans eleven twenty two, And the Bible says, therefore. If the Bible says, therefore, let's find out what it's there for. Right? Therefore, consider. See, he's not asking us to do it under compulsion. Because we are free moral agents. We are made in the likeness and the image of God. He's not going to enforce anything on us. His love is available if we'll just receive it. So look what he says. Consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell. Severity, but toward you, goodness. How's that? If you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. I said to my wife <clears throat> long time ago, God spoke when we just planted the church, and he said there will come a separation in the church. He didn't tell me whether they're going to heaven or not going to heaven. He just said there will be a separation. And he said the separation, you will see it come to pass. That's many years ago. It's over two decades. You will see a separation come. And that separation will be, there will be two lifestyles going on in the church. One, living close to the world with lack. He didn't tell me whether they're going to heaven. He just said the second group will run parallel with the first group. But in their life, they will be in abundance to the full till it overflows. So it's not a foregone conclusion. 
And that's what I'm reading to you here. But what I'm showing you by the Holy Ghost is that there is, you are entitled. Because of Jesus' shed blood, you are entitled. If you continue, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness, and we're going to unpack that now now, otherwise, You'll be cut off. Don't believe this garbage, once saved, always saved. That's not what Revelation says. It says to him who overcomes by the word. Otherwise, I can live like a dog my whole life, but I'm a believer. Even the devils believe there's a God, but they're not going to heaven. Let's go to the last scripture here. Take these words of God and allow them. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 11. But I also want to drop in verse 12 for you. Therefore, yeah, again, therefore. Therefore consider, now, therefore again. We pray always for you that God, God, that our God, he actually personalizes it, that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello? Can you see? So let's unpack in the last minute or two. Let's just unpack. We might have to come back on here. Let's just unpack what is God's goodness. It leads to material wealth. Maybe I shouldn't say wealth because not everybody's there. Provision. Material provision. But God's goodness, according to those scriptures, is the moral excellence of his character. You cannot question his character. We can question each other's character. But you see, there's a place in God where when the character of his people is strong, then he can do things like the other stuff. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Pursue character, not stuff. Do you understand? You know, money will corrupt most people until their character. So people say, well, I'm entitling, I'm tithing, nothing's happened. Well, look at your character. What would you do? Do you see money as your God or as a vehicle, just a commodity? Yeah. 
how do you see money? I literally see it as a commodity, because it is. This stuff is on paper. It has no character. It takes on my character when it's in my pocket. If it was in a prostitution's prostitute's pocket, it's taken on her character. Let's not forget the man who paid her. It's taken on his character. Are you with me? This can set people free or I can buy drugs for them. It depends who's got it in his hand. Don't be frightened of this stupid stuff. Oh, don't, 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 don't throw the money around. Oh, 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 oh. Come on. Come on, family. The goodness of God. So what the Lord's saying in 2023, in order to keep you separated from the world, I'm going to keep building. Come here quickly. I'm going to keep building on your character. I don't know why our Lord often calls this girl out. So you just, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's what it's about. He's going to teach you a new way of building. Some of the stuff that you built is because that's all you knew. But he's going to teach you how to build. Build a life that's immovable in Christ if you won't quit. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let her have it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So you see, when we reflect our lives into God, that's what brings repentance. Not, oh, oh God, okay, I repent, I'm so sorry. He is not looking for that. He's saying that we come boldly to the throne of grace and we say, geez, Father, I really blew it. That's the conversation he wants to have. That our character continues to be strengthened. And then when the winds of false doctrine or opinions that are a dime a dozen in the earth come, we no longer yield to them. You see, I said from the start to this church, I've said it for years, do not look at social media and think that's how people live. They're not going to show you their worst side. They're going to show you happy family. <laughs> right? But is it happening back home? They're going to show you great holidays. And you're going to say, if only I could have had that. Well, let me tell you about, I don't know if you know, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. I'm sure you do. And now he's revealing the misinformation. But everybody was believing what Twitter said. Hello. Now, some of us weren't that stupid. I don't even have Twitter. They keep asking me. I don't even have Twitter. I don't see any point. Only twit I'm going to follow. No, sorry, Lord, I won't say that. (laughs) 
You know what? The, des- the devil dresses it up so nicely. It's like this little bird flying. It looks so innocent. Come on. Isn't it a bird? Well, it looks like a bird. They dress it up so nicely, but it's a machine of misinformation or was. And God comes in and just puts a hand on it. No more. I'm changing everything. A year ago, we couldn't have even, or a year and a half ago, we couldn't have even conceived this. And I said to Janet, why don't we just buy out um, Bill Gates? Why don't we just get three billion Christians, I think they are, in the earth? And now, it sounds stupid, right? But it's not stupid. It'll change the future. Hello? And it's a public traded company, so you can buy. But we're still trying to pay the bills at the end of the month, not buy Meta. Come on, family. And it comes out of moral excellence. So I believe with all my heart, especially as the Holy Ghost shows this, that the character that we have becomes immovable. Nothing can move us. It doesn't matter what happens in the earth. Nothing can move us. And I'm talking about not just barely living on barely get a long street. God gives me strategies for increase all the time. In fact, I've noticed he never says to me, listen, you better go easy now. You've really been blessed a bit much. I'm going to ease up a bit on you because I don't trust you. He's never said that. I said he's never said that. And so I'm going to just keep walking with him into every area that he believes He wants to bless me with. So positioning us for a life in the promise. The increase of God's goodness. Moral excellence is goodness, but then it has an outworking in abundance to the full till it overflows. In abundance, frame your world. In abundance to the full till it overflows. Not living in the law of sin and death, Romans 8. Not living in the law of sin and death. What, what, what spirit is at work in the world right now? The law of the spirit of sin and death. Don't make it part of your life. Amen? Amen. All right, Lord, I'll close with this scripture. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. I'm sure you could quote it, but we're going to read it from the word to show that God in his grace doesn't leave anybody behind. Amen? Amen. God doesn't leave anybody behind. Look what he says here. Paul gets a revelation and he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. What? His strength is made perfect perfect in weakness. He's not talking about us being sick, broke, frustrated. He's talking about a yielded heart to God. That Lord, I don't believe outside of you there is nothing I can do. But with you, all things are possible, because Jesus said so in Mark 10. Therefore, most gladly 
and the religious spirit gets hold of this scripture and it messes it up completely. And I will rather boast in my infirmities. They forgot about the grace at the top. They just go here because they don't have to believe for the grace to come. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. How come they say, well, Paul said his infirmities. No, 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 no. He didn't say that. He said that the power of Christ may come upon me. Nobody looks at that part of Scripture. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am weak. Right? No. Thank you. God bless you. 